0: Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can
1: find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows.
2: Hi, and I am Darth Lark from the Dark Knight Minute podcast, and you can find all of our stuff at GeekMindFusion.com.
0: Poifect. Poifect. Perfect. Perfect. I say that a lot. Like a cat
2: birthday. Yep, it's just as perfect as um, Jesse I, or um, close. Oh, okay. Darn it! Now I messed it up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I spaced out on an actor's name. I'm just like, wait. Now I'm getting confused with Michael I think... Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it yeah. was Jesse
1: Eisenberg. But we can uh, metaf- metaphorically. What were you referencing? <clears throat> what well, did I? Yeah.
2: I'll go for it. Oh, I was just talking about in this minute how just how nuts Jesse Eisenberg is in this minute and how I just kind of really chuckled just him going ding, 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 ding. I don't know. I saw it as kind of a like a good type of schlock, like it just the moment where, you know, I could just kind of go back and think about like Gene Hackman for a little bit and how over the top he was. I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's kind of nice. I, yeah. And I, I chuckled at at this part.
1: So. It's, you kind of forget it's Jesse Eisenberg, which as of, you know, earlier in this episode, we stumbled on what the actor's name was. And (laughs) earlier in this, like two minutes ago. Yeah. Two minutes ago. (laughs) Not even two minutes ago. It was like 10 seconds. (laughs) But yeah, watching him so ang- like you don't really see Jesse Eisenberg this angry as an actor and like bald, which is, you know, like it adds to it. And so he does transform into a whole different person. It's like, it's not Jesse Eisenberg. It's just angry kid, like just really uh, angsty teenager kind of vibes.
0: Um, All right. So hang on. So today we're talking about minute number 174. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the minute's gonna start out with Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor, Alexander Luther Jr., uh, being an angsty teenager, as Mark so vivaciously put it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the minute's gonna end with uh, Lois Lane back at the gravesite. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, let's get back into you angry. know.
1: And I was gonna, I was gonna retcon uh, Darth Lark's kind of. Uh, metaphorical mess up where he was like, he he was like, it's almost perfect. Or he was going to say it was perfect, but then he stumbled on the name. And then I was like, that perfectly reflects Lex Uther, in the sense that he thinks everything is perfect. And then he messes up, which I was like, Oh wow. There's a, there's some symbology there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> um, he says a bell cannot be unrung and that uh, this person did he say he's angry and he's coming? He's hungry, he's man. He's hungry. He's yeah. angry. Hangry? He's hangry. That's the worst kind. It hey, is. Yeah. Being hangry is, and you always feel so bad, either for someone or yourself when you realize you're hangry and you're like, damn, like, I really just need to not say anything because I'm super hangry, which is probably why Dark Side doesn't ever say anything.
2: Yeah, I'm wondering how many Snickers did it take to get Darkseid to calm down. It's like, come on, Darkseid. You know you're you're never like this. And then it like cuts. I'm trying to think of who, who would it would turn into because like those commercials, you know, have these really funny like twists and turns. Like uh, that's
1: Superman in the in the nightmare scene. He was hangry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, and then and then you get and then he gives him the Snickers, and then he turns into Christopher Reeves. And I was like, I was like, thank you, Superman. Now I feel great. You know, just. He turns into, um, damn, oh,
1: Joss Whedon Superman. No, no, ooh, <laughs> yeah, we'll
0: we'll go with that one. That's how the marketing would go. That's how the marketing would go. Jeez, what a nightmare that would be.
1: And uh, I have some Justice League uh, kind of ties. You know, this whole movie, where we are right now mm-hmm. in this week, is hey, we're done with Dawn of Justice, but it's called Dawn of Justice for a reason because Justice League is next, so it's like. This is all this week is. So there's a lot of ties there. First of all, actually, we're not even talking
2: about Dark Side, are we? No, I I, I guess not. Not yeah. yeah, because in the movie we find out that it's a uh, Steppenwolf, which is the uh what would you Nephew? call him? Nephew or adopted son or the precursor or the, slave the forerunner. I yeah, I don't I don't know what you would call him, but. He's yeah, the,
0: uh, He's like the uh the general of Dark Side's di- Dark Side. He's like uh he's a guy that goes in and takes over stuff, and then Dark Side comes down and says, "Hey, good job, man." It's like he's a mm-hmm. leader of their military, kind of like how Zod was.
2: Yeah, yeah, or kind of like how Loki was when he led the armies against the Avengers in the first Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. who'd kinda win of- in a fight, General Zod or Steppenwolf?
1: Oh, I'd
2: have to go with General
1: Zod. He,
0: He's a Kryptonian, bro. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah and yep. even even just um, outside of like their powers, Zod is just such a m- much more interesting character. Like, I'm sorry, I didn't care for Steppenwolf. He was probably the least interesting part of yeah. the league. Yeah, you can say that again.
1: <laughs>
2: Don't say it again. Don't say it
0: again. But, man, that man i don't think they did any justice to that character get it there you go, there you go. um we'll get there man that earth one steppenwolf Whew. earth two was it earth two yeah
1: it was Earth. yeah two. he yeah, showed yeah, up yeah. in earth two yeah which is yeah um there's another thing that i'm, I'm kind of disappointed with and i was going to get to it um but uh before we get there so As Batman disappears and Lex Luthor is screaming into the void about how Steppenwolf is coming, he does do that whole ding, 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 ding thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I thought it was weird because, you know, DC Comics has a way, not just DC Comics, all major label comic books, they have like automatopias that are like trademarked for certain things. Yeah. Like the Spider-Man web shooters, Wolverine's claws, even Godzilla's roar has a trademarked automatopia in, in comic books. And when it comes to um, even boom tubes, the boom. Yeah, the thing. boom tubes. Yeah. yeah. So the mother boxes, they have ping. Yeah, they have ping. So you would think like it would be a nice out of all the all the references that we found in this movie. Like why? Does it matter if you saying ping or ding? Like, I think the word
0: itself is uh, interchangeable because when you hear something, do you really hear something when it when it actually pings? Do you think, oh, that pings? Versus like sonar, I guess when it like comes back. But like, um, think of if you're—I don't know—I put it to like my phone message. It's no, oh, yeah. I kind of more of it as a ding. Ping, but is it like even an makes IT term sound too.
1: Yeah, it makes the sound of a. It makes that ping.
0: So Sound we're talking about a
1: like bell, ding. then it would have to be ding. Yeah. Because if we say ping too much, then we're like thinking that these things are like sending computer. something back. Yeah. Yeah. They're pinging.
2: Yeah. So I mean, that. I think the whole point behind all that was the the warning bells, if you will, like the call out of um, Paul Revere, like, you know, the the aliens are coming or mm-hmm. apocalypse is coming. Yeah, something along those lines.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I yeah. get it. But I mean, even if you strike a bell, it'll still make a... Like,
1: that sound is a ping. It can make a ping. On, Depends ping on what kind bell. of bell. Yeah. It's one of them yeah, uh, really uh, Japanese shrine bells. It's more of a bong. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a wind chime. Those are, those are like ping. Wind chime's ping. Ping. Or do they chime? Ooh. Oh, shit yeah that's the whole <laughs> point they're called that chimes
0: because they chime oh okay there goes that <laughs> i don't think it matters if he would have
1: said ping 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 ping. then it's like what, ping, the, ping, what the hell ping, is ping, that ping, even ping, yeah ping, ping. um i'm trying to think now oh, other things that bell when they ring there's that that poem um for whom the bell tolls not the metallica yeah. song not the metallica song not the metallica oh, song what has what, what this podcast even been all these time? <laughs> Welcome back to Metallica Minute. We're Ooh, talking about that movie uh-uh. that came out in like 2008. It was a
2: Metallica movie. That came yeah, there in wasn't. A, there was like a Metallica movie or something. Oh, some kind of strain or no, some kind of monster. I think right. Yeah, yeah. I remember there being a commercial, a, th- a t- commercial, a, tra- <laughs> a trailer
1: in the theater about like a um, like a music kind of like a
2: like a Tommy thing, like uh like yeah like pink floyd's the wall type yeah, yeah, thing. yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah there were two movies that i'm thinking of there was first a documentary about them and i forgot the name of it but then there was another movie and maybe that one was some kind of monster but there was another one where it has um the guy who was the green goblin in the newer or i guess no longer newer but in the so- sony uh like amazing spider-man series it Mm. was also chronicle the the guy (laughs) that's always what i've called him chris chris kahan or something like that i can't remember but yeah he he stars and he gets caught up in like this riot and then it like yes between like the story of him and then it like brings it up with like a metallica concert yeah that's a movie i've i've been wanting to see and i just haven't gotten around to it i totally forgot about that but i i I haven't seen it, but I do
1: want to say on record that I think those are great ideas. And I think more people should be allowed to get budgets to make stuff like that because uh, music... like a rock opera? Is that what you're trying to say? Not rock operas, but like I love seeing oh, visual stuff done for yeah. whole albums. It's like a full length music video in a lot of yeah. ways. You know it
0: was good? Uh, pick a destiny the tenacious d oh, a oh yeah, yeah there's a sequel there's a sequel yeah, they
1: like that's like, a new sequel recently yeah I'm about that like a couple days ago they're like hey uh i don't know no one wants this but we're thinking about doing a sequel and so now people are like all right sure um so lex luther's doing the whole um ping ding thing and uh we flash back to uh, Lex Luthor senior's old study room in mm-hmm. which Lex Luthor has actually flipped that painting that does not exist in real life up- upside down to oh. show that angels did you not did you think it was real i i, w- I was going to ask if you guys knew
2: if it was we- real or not no what's the painting yeah it's based oh, yeah. off of it's based off of several oh well you have milton's paradise lost that's the mm-hmm. obvious
1: yeah but I, it was done speci- this was created specifically for the film and i and i'm hoping that it was an actual oil painting like fresco that someone was like i'm gonna do this for this film can i get the uh double steak burger with cheese and fresco sauce? the
0: fresco melt fresco melt's got yeah.
1: it one as well yeah when steppenwolf comes he's gonna fresco melt the whole planet so mm, man make sure i'm you about would. that <laughs> um Sign me up. This is uh, this is another thing I'm disappointed about in the nightmare scene. The when we got to see Parademons in that nightmare scene, yes, it is. You know, for some of us, it may be a scene that makes or breaks the the whole ride of this film. Like it might be something that just seemed like an end credit scene brought into the middle of the film, or it might be the best thing ever um i think if you took it out of the film and like it was a short film and you like, just, yo, check this out yeah like watch this nightmare yeah. scene, like that mm-hmm. you know and it was just like a little short film people on would youtube freak out it would be like the-
0: and then people would be like where's this movie
1: yeah and you go all right sorry sorry pal. yeah yeah then you're like oh i want to see that film it's like, it's like come on there it is come on um and so those parademons are awesome like those parademons look incredible you know and here it's like this is an obvious um, reference to the incoming Parademon invasion, um, yeah. but I gotta say in Justice League, and I know I keep saying that we'll we'll get to it, but it's like who cares really when you see them? They become they I don't know they become. I, I, I felt like they were even that
0: way in in the. In the series, even from like origins, like the newer out of the new fifty-two, like there was a lot of stories that involved those parademons. Even the Batman introduction and everything like that. But again, it was like I don't really care. Which one? Origins, volume one.
1: Oh, oh, justly like, okay. Okay, yeah. Justly, like, yeah.
0: Um even the animated war. Justly like war? Yeah. There was that mm-hmm. one part where they knocked down how Jordan started stomping on him. That was oh, I love <laughs> that.
1: That part was so funny. Yeah, that that part is hilarious. That movie is good. Um, and I'm I'm glad the animated series animated This was better. Yeah, but what I'm saying anyway. is like <laughs> I'm I'm enjoying that the animated s- movies are now kind of a cinematic universe in itself. Yeah, they are. I call them the Jason O'Mara Batman universe because that's like the only yeah. way I can clearly define yeah. that that's the new chapter. He's the
2: main character. Yeah, I mean, Flashpoint Paradox was. Probably better than any Marvel cinematic uh, movie that I've ever seen. Like, Flashboy Paradox was freaking amazing. I love that
1: movie.
2: I think the book is... I don't know. I was a little disappointed
1: in the, in the animated film versus the book the itself. The only
0: thing that I was disappointed with oh. the animated film was that it felt like it was too fast. Like, it was too quick. Oh, yeah. It? Oh, yeah. Good. <laughs> um, I don't know why. For some reason, Flashpoint, like, I was... I like studied that book
2: hard. <laughs> I'm gonna have I, to read it now because I love the movie, and I'm sure you know comic books is you know a better rendition of it. Sure, um, I I just
1: um,
2: it was it was good. It was still good. Um,
1: I think the biggest, and it's really just preference, really, but the outfit that Wonder Woman has in Flashpoint, the the book, is the most beautiful Wonder Woman set of armor. I got an action figure of that somewhere. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful it's my favorite wonder woman armor and i wish more people would cosplay it and just like really dig into that costume because it's beautiful it's powerful um it's very intimidating um but enough of that story yeah no um the the animated films are are really good i wouldn't say they're amazing i know a lot of people want to say the
2: animated films are perfect but uh i, I still feel like sometimes yeah. Some of them have been hit or miss for me. Like a uh, killing joke for me was really disappointing. Um, I actually liked the first 30 minutes more than I liked the rest of that movie. That, okay. That's like the opposite of
1: how I feel. I hated the first half. I just, I it felt like the, the killing, I don't know which you <laughs> gotta do a whole separate episode of <laughs> these animated films. Oh yeah. Uh, but, uh, no, they're 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 really good. Um, but uh, I I did enjoy the pair demons in Justice League Origins because it hmm. seemed to when you had that rebirth uh, rebirth, the, the new fifty two when you had that rebirth of that that whole thing in two thousand eleven, uh, the book starts off with you know Batman and Green Lantern like fighting a single pair so you got to really care about fighting one of them Mm -hmm. and then it like as it escalates you go oh they have to fight hundreds of these Mm -hmm. and then thousands of them and then it starts to become like you kind of feel the weight of it and you kind of see like how much trouble they're having with just one of them and they and they design them to be these massive creatures they're not just skinny insect like or in justice league they're like humanoids or just like dudes with makeup on um and uh, yeah, they, they they felt a little bit better. And then even in the concept art of the Justice League movie that was supposed to come out, like Zack Snyder version of it, like they looked intimidating. And so did Steppenwolf, um, as you saw him in last week's minutes where he's like in the hologram, like those are terrifying aliens that are coming here to destroy the planet. Um, and then the Justice League
2: film just feels like Power Ranger villains. Yeah, yeah, Power Ranger villains, or they were like orcs from the Hobbit movies, and
1: orcs are even scarier because they killed uh, Boromir. So,
2: well, no, I'm not talking about Lord. I'm talking about the Hobbit movies where they're all CGI. That's what it felt like to me, and I think the reason why was because what a digital did a lot of the special effects for justice league. And I, I think they did a lot for, um, Donna justice too, which is why the, uh, the common criticism for doomsday is that he looked like an orc.
0: Uh, I'm okay with the way he looks. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm on record with saying that he looks like an orc.
1: No. Yeah. We all know he looks like a cave troll. Yeah. Um, but I still think he looks great in the film. Like CGI, re- what does amazing job, uh, yeah. of rendering. Um, uh, it's just maybe design itself that comes into question but they do a good job um but then you got to think like they had to basically overhaul that justice league film without changing the release date so like a lot of things come out looking really weird but
2: yeah and i'm i'm pretty certain that's the reason why super superman's upper lip just looks bizarre in the movie whereas you know you watch the trailer it looks perfect i'm pretty sure
1: uh... yeah and i'm pretty sure like um although Weta worked on most of the film, like the cell phone scene is done by like an even lesser third party. And so that's why his CGI in the cell phone clip is like atrocious because it's not even Weta that worked on that. It was just someone else that had to like.
2: Yeah. And that's how the industry works is that um, whenever they uh, bid for a job on a movie, like they have to bid pretty low and that's the reason why there's a lot of issues with the special effects market right now because they're not getting paid what they should be getting paid and so like the visual effects artists have to move around and always look for jobs essentially and it's you you have these companies that are like not making any money at all and so with uh i mean what a digital is you know doing a big portion of it they might have gotten the main contract but It gets to the point where, you know, they really want to make, you know, the movie great, but then they get behind. And so what they do is instead of, you know, putting more resources into Weta or giving them time to make sure that the job is done right, they just outsource it to other smaller companies usually. And they do, you know, a couple of shots here and there to make it so that they can get it released on time.
1: Yeah. And it seems like that's like, the total opposite approach as, as to what they're taking with aquaman because that like seems like they are they have to like for in order for that film to be successful they have to put so much faith into um their digital effects team and post-production and all that so it's like oh, yeah. uh, even james Wan is on record of like he does not want to show anything until he's like confident that it's like good enough to release because he knows once he puts any sort of teaser or trailer out for Aquaman, if that CGI does not look good, like it's done, then it's, you know, that's the whole point. It's like if avatar two put out a trailer and it's like half finished and it's like, no, oh, yeah. that's, that's how you sell your film is completely visual. Um So it seems like they're taking a different approach to that. And they're like, Hey, we really need to just sit down and focus on the cgi here like that because they're messing with water the hardest thing to yeah that's that's out. man yeah that's gonna be really interesting to see yeah. a, a majority of that movie underwater because he said like we've even done like tests of like people just sitting down and, and like drinking like because that's like the simplest thing you can try to render in cg like, 3D model, and, and then try to do the same thing underwater it's like it's a completely different task you, um, i wonder
0: if there's like no never mind Hmm. What if you could film it all underwater, waterproof motion capture suits? Like, get a whole tank, fill it up with water, like a regular motion capture studio, just fill it up with water.
2: Hmm. Uh, probably. Invent it. This is, guys, don't steal That's my what idea. That, uh,
1: they'll just invent a new Waterworld tank.
2: Oh, yeah. I don't like, and then bring Waterworld into this. That movie bombed really bad just because of how expensive it was. True that. Yeah, that. I mean, and part of the reason why is because they insisted on actually filming out in the ocean and that ended up being an absolute disaster. So, um, yeah, I remember, um, Spielberg telling him like, yeah, don't film out in the ocean, find a lake, find something that you can actually control the elements and what have you so that you can make it work. But I mean, it's a great looking film in a lot of respects, but, but yeah, I mean, it just cost way too money. It was, uh you know make a profit
1: yeah that's why point, we're gonna yeah. start underwater films yeah we're gonna create sea lab 2021 we're gonna film the whole yeah. new era guys like all these superhero things pff, out the window new mm-hmm. fad underwater movies you know who would do a really good <laughs> you know who would do a really good uh sea lab 2021 film is uh wes anderson yep he would kill that thing yeah i mean yeah. Life Aquatic and everything. So Yeah, but just do his... it again. <laughs> just do it again. Um, so, uh, do you guys have any notes about Parademons or any other uh, Apocalypse Fourth World stuff? Before I want we... that painting. I do want that. I, I mean, I just oh. want
0: a print of it, man.
2: I don't know. I like. I feel like there's more to talk about, just bringing in like Milton's Paradise Lost and like relaying it to the film. But I can't really think of anything significant to talk about. Because it, it's pretty clear what they're trying to portray in the painting that, you know, it, you know, typically or even archetypically speaking, you know, the underworld is where the demons lie, whereas, you know, they've kind of inverted it and you know it's the cosmos where the demons, you know, come out. And I think that's an idea that's been uh, being used more and more often lately. And I think it's part, or part of the reason why is because, the earth itself has become less unknown like the like underwater is probably more unknown than you know land or the underground whereas you know the the infinite expanses of space you don't know what's out there and it's really the final frontier you know going back to star trek and yeah so it seems like space has become the new realm of chaos in a lot of modern day mythology and so it makes sense for you know the that inversion to be happening where you know the invasion is going to come from the heavens not from below us
1: yeah i see what you're saying now i see what you're saying now because we keep thinking hell's below us but it's like all the alien invasions are happening above us um i'm trying to think with paradise lost the the actual poem itself um It was like Lucifer and Beelzebub and they're like, yo, we've had it. Let's go attack heaven. And I'm really, really paraphrasing that, but I'm trying to figure out why they decided like now is the time to do that. And I was thinking like, did someone die? Was there an event? Was there a catalyst for that motion? Or were they just like, hey, this poem is about how hell got really sick and tired of uh, heaven and they just decided
2: to attack. So I was I'm not sure if there's
1: an actual catalyst to that event.
2: Well, and it isn't so much the uprising of hell, but more the fall from grace that that poem is about. And like, I I haven't read it and I really need to read it, but I've been listening to a lot of people talk about it. And, you know, the thing with Paradise Lost is that it's all about the, um, the fall of man, ultimately, like, we we kind of relate ourselves to Lucifer in a very odd way because he's the he's kind of the voice of reason, or he's also known as the light bringer, or Luz, that's what Lucifer means. And I just so, call him Mannequin Skywalker. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and and so yeah, like he he he's the one who brings all this reason, but the reason starts to you know destroy a lot of the um, underpinnings of the faith based. Heavenly realm, and so he begins to generate more and more. And the thing about reason is that it loves its own creation, and so that's what inevitably comes to the fall of Lucifer. Is when he becomes to, becomes to love himself and his own ideas rather than the the omniscience of God, if you will. And mm-hmm. and so th- that's kind of how I take it. And again, somebody who's you know read it a more um, more familiar with it could probably teach us more about it but but yeah it's it's a definitely a poem that's on my you know to to read list because i think yeah learn from it
1: yeah no doubt i mean those those are great poems um even though nothing really happens in dante's inferno it's more of like a, a jurassic park of visiting hell and heaven like it's it's still a really good time uh to read that book and I've i've read you know Uh, the Divine Comedy like maybe three times and um, Mm. that whole time period where we just got to uh, it seemed like they just got to really play around with Christian mythology and just any mythology that we get to play around with those are always really good reads and uh, if you haven't listened to Paradise Lost yet um, definitely check it out Um, listen well I'm sure you can find it on like an audio (laughs) did I say listen? you said listen yeah I said, check it out. You said, if you haven't
0: listened to Paradise Lost. Oh. And I mean, good save, Luke, with the audio. So, if only we had sponsors. <laughs>
2: yeah, Audible. Oh, whoops, whatever. Who would, they don't you
1: <laughs> Who would you want to narrate? Nar- <laughs> narrow, narrow, narrate. They will wait. No, wait.
2: Who would you want to narrate Paradise Lost?
1: <laughs> Who would you want to I, narrate? I'm
2: thinking like Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> Who would you want to narrate Paradise Lost? Oh, um, I'm thinking,
1: um. I'm going to go with Brian Cranston because he might sound like a Lucifer
2: type. Brian Cranston would be good. I'm also thinking, um, Liam Neeson would be really good, too.
1: And his Irish accent, like his true one? Or like uh, his American Ra's al Ghul accent? Qui-Gon Jin
2: accent? Wait, was he British I, I, in that movie? That might have been a little bit more British. Poly Shore. I, I think as far as... <laughs> <laughs> well, I that's can my just money it? on it.
0: Polly Shore.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, I just wanted to narrate everything.
1: Uh, just narrate everything. If Jesse Eisenberg could do Lex Luthor and narrate Paradise Lost, I would, I'd buy that book in a heartbeat.
2: It'd be fun to see him in like Faust or that, something. That, that'd be fun too. That sounds like a paradox. Lex Luthor
0: like reading aloud from Paradise Lost.
1: Nah, yeah, sounds about right. You can't, I don't even know if that could happen. He's a walking paradox. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not. Anyways. Good one. Uh, deep cut. Yeah, deep cut. Um. So we cut to the cemetery where we have this beautiful uh, earthscape shot of a what's cool about this shot is they are like it's the winter time it's getting to it's like end of fall almost winter it's the death of superman clark's grave the funeral and bruce is leaving this cemetery and the are they crops are they weeds but they're 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 like decaying they're dying it's a very like blight just blight, like that. The crops die mm. <laughs> very, very, uh, very Batman esque moment, like yeah. shot wise, like cinematography wise. Um, it's just a really, really, really good shot. And he's and he's walking by himself, like center frame, just beautiful composition of like the way this whole thing is framed out. And he's just walking into, as you said, blight. I'm gonna steal that from you. All right. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just a really, 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 really good shot. Something about Batman and the uh, Iron Gates. Something yep. about Batman wearing that that long pea coat. Mm.
2: I like pea coats, man. Yeah, pea coats are great. Oh yeah. Yeah, he he wears one in uh I and this is kind of a. A detour, but, uh, did you guys watch, uh, Gotham by Gaslight? I have the book. I, I haven't seen it oh, yet. No. Oh, okay. I, I've been wanting to read the book too, but, but yeah, just that long peacoat or trench coat or. Dust. yeah, He's
0: got a good, okay.
1: That's they, they came out with an animated
0: of that. It
2: just came just out. Just came out. Okay, yeah. yeah. And he and does they, have the,
1: the peacoat. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, they filled it with more story. Like there's more characters that are inside this universe mm-hmm. now because originally it was just Gotham, like, my guess it's like a what four, three, four issue thing. Oh, it's real. Yeah. Thin, it's really thiny. real thing. Yeah. You can knock that. And I didn't know that that was the first elseworlds book. It was I mean, Yeah. I got that damp on that. I yeah. did not know that. I bought that along with the Justice League Riders. Oh yeah, I have that whole Elseworlds in there. Yeah, that's That's the one where Wonder Woman is a sheriff and Mm -hmm. Martian Manhunter is a Native American alien. Yeah, God, that was just the one. So good. I had the whole (laughs) volume. That was just the one story out of it. And uh, Blue Beetle is like a he's like a mechanic in he's like a steam mechanic. Mm -hmm. God, such a good concept. I I love Elseworlds. Those uh, that
0: that world, um, they all died in a that uh that multiversity event I hate multiversity? that multiversity which was I, the one with the um with the with the planet
2: in crisis or no the no. the one with the uh,
0: battle planets and stuff um no that just it that the, happened like what a year
1: two years ago It was the one where dark Side fought anti-monitor and like all the universes were getting screwed up so you had like yeah. you had the teen titans fighting Telos was the guy yeah. he was like the planet that everybody like he, he destroyed the injustice universe yeah. I hated it. that that was He destroyed
0: a thing. the uh the Justice Riders universe actually they were one of the first ones to fight and it was um like Thanagarians came in and just wiped them out like all
1: Savage Hawkman style I hate that they also had (laughs) they had the Teen Titans uh they had like they had like George Perez Teen Titans fighting Flashpoint Aquaman yeah and I was like this is cool as a cover but can we not (laughs) destroy because then we have to say oh that's how it's like you can do all the stories you want with injustice but then you're saying hey it ends with uh some guy crushing that planet it's like that's not cool that's not how i want it to go but hopefully it all gets rewritten by uh some blue guy with a dot on his forehead um yeah two dots on his forehead yeah it's two dots uh lois lane grabs some dirt uh after standing over clark's grave i have some notes for this for tomorrow okay but do you guys have anything regarding anything else that we've talked about before in this minute i'm uh, no sir. sir yeah i think i'm good cool Alrighty, guys we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today if you enjoyed everything you heard you can find us on all social media at dceu minute and the facebook group the dc cinematic minute listener society and we'll catch you guys back tomorrow for another episode of dc cinematic minute